Lord. First Peter chapter four. <coughs> amen. First Peter chapter four. Amen. 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 So good to have the Johnson family with us, all the way from San Diego, Chula Vista. Praise God! And they are, they are actually Esther's. Uh, this is Esther's mother and Esther's sisters. We've met them. I don't think I don't think Genesis has ever been here. No, this is Genesis. Genesis here. Praise God. So this is her first time here. Good to have. Amen. Victoria and Natalie Ray is with us. Amen. Close family, friends of ours. And uh, we love and appreciate them. Amen. All right. First Peter chapter four, little book all the way in the back. Good to have Abigail back in church. Praise God. All the way from Amen. the East Coast. Amen. Good to have her back for a few days. Enjoy the sun while you can. Praise God. Amen. First Peter chapter 4 and verse number 19, it says, Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him and well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Amen. Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him, speaking of Jesus, and well-doing as unto a faithful creator. And if you want me to just explain to you what that verse is saying in very simple terms, it's just saying when you do the will of God, you're going to suffer a little bit. Trust in God. Amen. Trust in God. My title might... Uh, might surprise some of you today, but I, I, I had told the church last week I was going to preach on this, and I, <clears throat> I'd be dishonest if I t told you I didn't try to dodge this theme a little bit, and some people might even think it's a little late coming, but uh, I'm going to obey the Lord. I got down to pray today, and the Lord told me to preach this, so I'm going to stick with what God said, and I'm going to talk to you for a few moments this morning on the very important subject of what... COVID has taught us what COVID has taught us can we say that together what COVID has taught us Jesus we give you glory honor and praise for your word your word is powerful and it is anointed Lord I pray that you would touch this service today in a special way Lord I pray for a releasing of faith conviction Lord and I also pray for an assurance in the faith Lord, and I pray that today people would be comforted by the hearing and by the doing of your word. We pray all these things in Jesus' matchless name, and everyone shout amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise before you're seated. <clears throat> At the closing of 2019, the world was thrust into the beginning stages of a global pandemic that it was not ready for. By March 20 of 20, hospitals were filling up and entire countries were mandating nationwide lockdowns, quarantines. And citizens were scrambling to find hand sanitizer, face masks, and laptops to homeschool their kids and work from home. The COVID epic had begun and it did so without mercy. We are now a little over two years removed from those dates and early events surrounding the COVID pandemic. And it's just enough time and space to authoritatively say we have all been permanently and undeniably changed. COVID has taught all of us some very serious truths. 
I use the word teach because no matter what side of the argument you're on, everyone was forced to learn how to live with COVID. And not just live with COVID, but live with all that rides on the back of a virus so small it can hardly be seen under microscopes. Many of the lessons COVID taught us have little to do with viruses, health, and hygiene, and more to do with the inner workings of our lives and the societies we are a part of. For Christians, however, it's sobering to think that much of what COVID has taught us, God had already told us, but we didn't take it serious. So for the next few moments, I'm going to preach to you on the subject of what COVID has taught us. I will not be preaching about hand-washing, hygiene, and health. Neither will I be addressing the effectiveness or the ineffectiveness of vaccines and masks. I will not be preaching on what COVID taught us about the stock market, the real estate market, businesses, and small businesses. I will not be talking about any of these issues, although I consider all of these issues vitally important because they affect us. But these are not the focus of my concerns today. My concerns today are pastoral. Nothing more and nothing less. I have no problem with telling you today that COVID has taught all of us some lessons that we need to unlearn. And the sooner we do it, the better. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? <clears throat> and so here we go. COVID has taught us how to hear instead of see and how to be troubled instead of trust. In the book of Matthew, the 24th chapter in the 6th verse, Jesus says, And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, and the end is not yet. It is in these same verses that Jesus says, in the last days there shall be pestilence. Jesus never paused to stop and consider, amen, technological and medical advances, stopping, amen, the widespread pandemics that were going to hit the earth. And here he says, you are going to hear about all kinds of things in the last days, but see that you not be troubled. And a lot of people during the COVID pandemic in churches learned to listen to the wrong voices and for far too long. Too many people during the COVID pandemic learned how to listen to the news in very unconventional and unproductive ways. Many people during the COVID pandemic had their ear to the ground a little too close and they stopped seeing that they should not be troubled. Amen. I'm going to keep talking about that for just a few moments. Amen. And I am not against the freedom of press. I have been in countries where there is no freedom of press. I think freedom of press is one of the most precious, amen, rights that we have here in the United States of America. But I am telling you right now that the freedom of press imprisoned way too many of us. Amen. People were just waiting, amen, for the next batch of bad news uh, because the media has taught us that the real news is the bad news. Amen. But in the church, the real news is the 
good news. Amen. Hallelujah. And none of us should have been surprised by anything that was being said on the news. Praise God. Amen. I'm not saying, amen, that we should have not been alarmed. I'm not saying that we should not have exercised caution and care. But what I am saying is that none of us should have been living trembling in fear, hidden in our houses. Amen. Afraid of what might happen. Praise God. I understand. Amen. But I'm going to tell you a little secret to life. The worst thing you can ever do is become a person that is acted on and that takes no action. Being a person, amen, whose behavior is conditioned and controlled, amen, by exterior forces. Uh, amen. There are undoubtedly some things that we cannot change. There are undoubtedly some things that we have no power over. But let me tell you something that you have power over almost every single time. Your decisions. You have a decision and nobody can take that away from you. Amen. By and large, you will always have the power to make decisions. You will always have the power to respond to what you hear and to what you see. Amen. In a way that you think suits your faith. In a way that you think suits your best interest. In a way that you think suits your principles, your values. Praise God. And nobody can take that away from you without your consent. Praise God. And I want to talk to you today about some things that COVID has taught us. COVID taught us to be passive instead of proactive. We listened to what the news had to say. We listened to what politicians had to say. We listened to what all these things had to say. And then we just sat there and we allowed ourselves to be afraid. We allowed ourselves to feel like victims. We allowed ourselves to feel like there's nothing we can do and nothing could be further from the truth. Amen. Others of us were listening to conspiracy theories. Praise God. And because of the freedom of press, uh, there was all kinds of wacky news outlets uh, and people on YouTube and people on Twitch and people on Twitter and people on Instagram. Huh? Amen. And it ruined some of us. Uh, I'm not afraid to say that. There are people all across this country sitting in churches that minds have been warped. Uh, amen. By conspiracy theories uh, and shenanigans uh, and craziness. Uh, hey, uh, you're looking at somebody that during COVID, I lost my neighbor. Praise God. I'm not going to be listening to people talk foolishness. Amen. Hallelujah. And all kinds of conspiracy theories and keep trying to convince me that this is the flu. This is not the flu. Praise God. But this is not something I'm also going to just lay down and take it on the chin and act like I can't do nothing and I'm just a victim. That is not the way life works. That is not the way you should allow your life to work. No matter the bad news. No matter the bad report. No matter what the news says. Get up and do something. Get up and do something. Come on, somebody. Oh, somebody give God a hand praise right now. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, let's praise our God today. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Let's praise him one more time. I feel the Holy Ghost talking to somebody right now. Hallelujah. COVID taught us how to forsake the assembling of ourselves. Yeah. COVID taught us how to forsake the assemblings of ourselves. Hebrews 10 and 25. Let me tell you something. COVID didn't teach us nothing that God didn't already tell us. Amen. COVID did not teach us anything that God had not already told us. In Hebrews 10 and 25, the apostle writes and says, Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. 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 As the manner of some is but exhorting one another, 
and so much the more as you see that day approaching. I don't care whether you believe in God or not. I don't care whether you believe in this little black book right here or not. Amen. I don't care if you're a complete, full-blown atheist. I'm going to tell you whether you're an atheist or a believer, nobody believes that the earth is in better shape right now than it's ever been. Nobody believes that the few, that light you see at the end of the tunnel is a train, friends. Praise God. It's not. I'm just letting you know. It, Christian or non-Christian, we are all looking at some very serious things globally. We are all looking at some very serious things locally. We are all looking at some very serious problems. Amen. Hallelujah. In our homes. Amen. There's, there's very serious things taking place. But the Bible told us that the intensity was going to rise. The Bible told us that there was going to be end days. The Bible told us that there was going to be days where we could see, amen, the train at the end of the tunnel. The Bible told us these things. And it said, when you see that, when you see problems in the stock market, when you see problems in the real estate market, when you see problems globally, when you see problems economically, socially, racially, when you see all these problems, amen, you need to start talking to one another and exhorting one another to show up to church, praise God, and to gather and to get together. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. And I am afraid. I, I preached this at the beginning of the pandemic. And I'll preach this right now. There are a lot of, we, we were never against people staying home because they were sick. We were never against people staying home because they had concerns. Uh, amen. We exhorted and we, amen, hallelujah, backed everybody up to do what was in the best interest of their health. However, amen, some people took that and they interpreted it to mean, praise God, that they are free to forsake the assembling of themselves. Uh, amen. And that's the key word. I never downed anybody in this church and nor will I ever when they say I cannot attend service because, amen, I am concerned for my health, because I have bad health, because I have a certain problem. That is just right and wise. Praise God. The Bible says choose life. Uh, and if your life is at risk, uh, you have every right and I have every obligation to support you to protect your life. However, your life, amen, and my life does not give us clearance, amen, to forsake the assembling of ourselves. I am afraid that too many of us, praise God, picked up an Esau spirit, amen, Esau on the brink of in his own words, starving to death, said, what good does this birthright do me? In other words, I'm afraid of dying. I think I'm going to die. So what good does it do me to have this biblical blessing on my life? What good does it do me to have God in my corner? Friend, that's when God counts the most. If you're going to die, if you're going to go down, if the world is in trouble, that's not when you forsake the faith. That's not when you forsake God. That's not when you forsake your church. That's when you dig in deeper. That's why the scripture says the much more. Come on so much. The much more. Oh, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Oh, let's praise him. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say praise the Lord. Hey, I'm going to be very honest with you. At the very beginning of the pandemic in 2019, 
<laughs> well, I don't even know how much detail I want to go into, but I'm going to just say we got sick before a lot of people. We got sick before COVID had a name. And I won't tell you how we did it. Praise God. But needless to say, amen, praise God. Uh, we didn't have a single outbreak from 2020 to like 2022. Praise God. But that's because we had an outbreak in late 2019. But I, I, I remember already knowing like, okay, this, this, this is not normal sick. There's something going on here. And uh, my dad works for the United Nations, so I called him. I, said, I, I called my dad. I said, Dad, what is going on? He said, no, it's bad. He said, it's coming. Wash your hands. Uh, my daughter, we had to take one of my daughters to the hospital. I ended up in the hospital. And they, there was no name for what was going on. And uh, we were interacting with people that were coming in and out of the country. And so we got hit kind of fast here. Uh, praise God, we had some people get really sick here. We didn't have a single person die. Praise God. Amen. But uh, I will say this. Uh, I started praying. And I said, God, if this is real, if this is really about to go down, if this is really going to happen, I want to know. And for whatever reason, on that particular day, I felt very impressed to call a man that I hadn't talked to in about five years. And when I called, he picked up the phone and his voice was trembling. And he was crying. And you would have to know this man. He's a, I mean, he looks like a police officer. He's just big guy, fearless, fearless, big man, strong man. Uh, and he's a pastor. And uh, I called him and he answered the phone and he was crying and shaking. It was it was to date one of the most disturbing phone calls I've ever had with somebody. And, and this is still 2019. And he told me, he said, the only reason I picked up the phone is because I'm praying that you would have a word from God for me. And I said, I don't have a word from God for you. I'm wondering why God's telling me to call you. And he said, Brother Prado, he said, I, my church has been decimated. And, and uh, he said, my church is decimated. He said, there was this, there's this virus going around. He said, I don't know what's going on. It's bad. He said, we're, we're dropping like flies. He said, I, I don't even want to answer the phone anymore for fear of who's hospitalized. Uh, who I might find out is now being hospitalized. It was bad. It was bad. It was bad. And some places got hit worse than others. But let me tell you something. Neither my friend nor I nor my friends who I know that were having people die. Nobody ever felt that it was time, praise God, to forsake the assembling of ourselves. Amen. I didn't, listen, in case, in case you don't know, and, and you, most of you come to church regularly enough to know this. I was not raised a Christian. I was not even raised to believe in religion. I, this is not how my family jives. My family all went to college and they, they put away religion a long time ago. Praise God. I'm just telling you right now, that is not the way my family raised me. Praise God. But I am telling you right now, I did not get into religion. I did not get saved. I will not betray my experiences with Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. When, when, when things start getting hot and things start getting heavy and things start getting hard. Praise God. I didn't get in this to get lost. I, didn't, I, didn't, I am not going to be, amen, a fair weather friend of Jesus. I am not going to just serve God when things go well. I am not going to just serve God when I'm feeling great. 
I am not going to just serve God. Praise God. I am telling you right now, there will be a day. Let's put COVID back on the shelf for one minute. There's going to be a day. You're going to get, amen, a bad diagnosis. You're going to get, amen, a final letter. You're going to get no hope. You're going to get, amen, your heart attack, your stroke, your cancer. You're going to get, none of you are living forever. I'm not living forever. Praise God. That We are all guaranteed one day to leave this earth. Praise God. And I know that there are some people that are living their lives reckless, waiting on the rapture. That is unwise, my friend. I am telling you right now, you need to gear up and you need to get yourself together and live right. Praise God. And you need to know that there is no reason under the sun for you to forsake the assembling of yourself. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. I have seen way too many good saints of God have lazy boy chairs put up in the front aisle of the church as they deteriorate and die of cancer. Amen. I have buried people. Praise God. I have stepped into hospital rooms as people take their last breath. Amen. And hold on to the hand of Jesus. I'm telling you, I don't know what I'm going to die of, but I know how I'm going to die. I'm going to die believing in Jesus. I'm going to die believing. Come on. I am going to die faithful to my creator, faithful to him who's faithful. Oh, somebody give God a hand clap or praise. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost talking to somebody right now. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say praise the Lord. COVID taught us how to watch church. COVID taught us how to watch church. I'm just letting you know right now. The days of the live stream are numbered. That thing right there, I'm praying every day. God, let me know when I can get rid of it. That, you, that thing is going to be reserved for sick people. But COVID taught us how to watch church. COVID taught us how to actually sit in our house and watch other people have church. One, maybe 1% of the people that watch church at home actually get dressed up to do it. Oh, but let your boss give you a Zoom call and you got the tie on. You might have pajama pants. But you come through with business attire on top. But come church time, you're quoting that song, I will praise thee on my couch. COVID taught us how to eat cereal while watching other people have church. COVID taught us how to vacuum, how to dust, how to clean, how to... How to how to check up on Amazon orders while watching other people have church and not feel any bit of conviction. And, not, and COVID, COVID taught us how to watch other people get their kids ready, get dressed, drive 45 minutes, show up to church, and sit down and worship the Lord. And we watched that. And we watched that. COVID taught us how to watch other people stroll into church on crutches, wheelchairs, amen, elderly, with asthma, amen, with asthmatic children, praise God. COVID taught us, amen, how to just 
watch the song service. None of you had a praise break in your living room. Some of you might have shed a little tear, cleaned it up, and kept on moving on with the day. But none of you were having altar calls there in the living room. Somebody said, Pastor's being mean. Pastor's not dragging you this morning. Pastor's trying to drag you to church this morning. Hallelujah. I'm just here to let you know, church was never meant to be watched church was never meant to be watched amen psalms 34 and 3 says oh magnify the lord with me and let us exalt his name together amen praise god some of us are actually sitting in these chairs right now like we're sitting at home the only difference is we got our church clothes on right now but you're watching church you're watching me as i preach some of you take naps while i preach some of you how, how do you sleep through this i I am as loud as they come. I will, I'm telling you right now, some of you sleep through church. You don't sleep at your job. You sleep here. You take a little siesta at the fiesta. How could you possibly be doing that? You are here to magnify the Lord. You are, well, we were up late last night. Then go to bed early on Saturday because church starts on Saturday in case nobody's told you. Praise God. I am telling you right now, you need to magnify the Lord with me. Exalt his name together. We're not here to watch church. Oh, somebody give God some praise right now. Hallelujah. Oh, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him. You mature saints, listen to me. You mature saints, listen to me. I love, I'll respect every one of you. I will, I will treat you and entreat you as a mother and a father. But don't none of you get funny and think you've already put in your years. And the rest of us got something to learn. That's not how this works. Praise God. You don't, we, you're not here to watch the young people. Amen. Praise God. And thank God. We really don't have a lot of, amen, senior seasoned saints that do that. In fact, right now, some of the senior saints are out dancing us. In fact, right now, some of the senior saints are running right by us as we watch them, as we watch them. But I watch some of y'all run on the basketball court, but you don't run in here. I watch some of y'all dance, but you don't dance in here. Some of y'all were marching and shouting in downtown Oakland, and you stay quiet in here. I don't understand that. I don't get that. I don't want to get that. I don't. Come on, somebody. Some of you, we need to quit playing games. You're not here to watch church. Quit watching church. Quit watching church. Quit watching church. Have church. Be church. Magnify the Lord together. Come on. Oh, praise him, praise him, praise him. Come on, praise him right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hey, listen. I know, I know. Listen, I'm way more sensitive to God than you might think. I know some of you are already offended right now. You're already offended. You're already offended. But I have an obligation to preach it straight to you. If you want some other type of preaching, you're free. You are free to go to go down to the first church of Frigidaire and Pastor Jack Frost if you want to. But we ain't doing that around here. You, 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 you know, and, and listen, listen. Some of y'all are concert goers. I know that. Some of y'all go to games. I know that. Some of y'all do all kinds of stuff. And I see you. And I know you. And you be getting all excited. And in here you turn to gum on the pew. How, how does that happen? How? Like how? 
I, I, how do you reconcile those, those contradictions in your mind? How, why? Why do we assume that it is okay to do this for things that don't save us, for things that don't help us, for things that don't provide for us? Amen. Hallelujah. But when it comes to church, we get quiet. Amen. Hallelujah. We lock up. We lock down. All of a sudden, we just turn real serious. Praise God. And, 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 and religious. Amen. And we ain't got nothing against religion around here. But I'm just saying, that's not how we do that. We can't live with those types of opposing desires and contradictions in our life. We have to do better than that. We just have to do better than that. And it's time to stop watching church. Hey, this is not, you know, I was, I think I was talking to Esther. Was it Esther? I think I was, no, it was Brother Sandoval. Praise God. I think it was Brother Sandoval. And I was asking him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Brother Sandoval. Brother Sandoval's mother, she's from Puerto Rico. She died. How old was she? She was almost in her 90s. Yeah, going on 90. And uh, I asked him the other day. We took all the young boys out on a little excursion, praise God. I said, you miss your mother? He said, every day. And uh, his mother got the Holy Ghost in Puerto Rico a long time ago, praise God. Praying woman, praise God. Alzheimer's and still didn't forget to pray. Let me tell you, that's how you want to be till the Alzheimer's can't take it out of you. Yeah, come on now. I know, y- y'all don't want to hear that. You want, you want me to tell you you're having a headache and it's okay. You're going to have to go stand next to his mother in judgment. I'm not, I'm not fooling with you. And so I said, what, what did your mother say, you know, when she started going to church here in the States? He's oh. So my mother told me, he said, the biggest difference between here and Puerto Rico, he said in Puerto Rico, everybody worships. Y'all missed that, praise God. Y'all missed that. He's a, she's talking about in the building on Sunday morning. Everybody, everybody. They don't watch church in Puerto Rico. You don't watch church. See, some of us think it's okay, amen, that people do that, praise God, in foreign countries. But here in America, amen, holla, we get over here and we get, amen, we, we lose our Boricua, praise God. We, we lose our Latino. We lose our African. We lose our Filipino. We lose that stuff. We put it away. We put away the Salvadorian. We put away the Nicaraguense. We put all that stuff away, praise God, and we start acting American. Welcome to America. Do not be Americanized. If that's what Americanized means, don't do that. Don't be that. Praise God, shake that off. Amen. Hallelujah. And so no one feels left out. Let me tell you something. If you're Irish, if you're Swedish, let me tell you some of your ancestors were some of the rowdiest people ever. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't you get quiet when you get in church. Don't you. This is not pay-per-view. This is not watch online. This is church. Praise God. Hallelujah. Somebody praise God right now. Oh, praise him, praise him. I'm telling you, you're going to see your grandmother one day. You're going to see your mother one day. You're going to see your praying auntie one day. You better, you better wise up. Praise God, and you better quit watching church. Oh, give God a hand clap of praise. Woo! Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Amen. I'm almost done. People are getting nervous, praise God. Pastor, being mean. Your mama would tell you this. Your grandma would tell you this. Praise God. 
If you're going to show up, if you're staying home because you're worried, fine. But if you're going to show up, show out. If you're going to show up, just show out. I know, I know somebody's already, y'all crazy. You crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. And listen, I don't need therapy. I don't need psychology. Listen, I got therapists and psychologists in my family. I, t- I still have, I have therapists and psychologists that call me for advice. I'm not, I'm not trying to hear that this is crazy. I'm not trying to hear that. I'm not just, I'm going to tell you, don't go crazy. You were made to dance. You were made to shout. You were made to clap. These are human behaviors. This is not Pentecostal behavior. Shouting is the most human thing you could do. Pumping your fist in the air is the most human thing you could do. Clapping your hands is human. It's not Pentecostal. It's human. Come on, somebody. Oh, somebody praise God right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, somebody magnify the Lord with me. Let's exalt his name together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You... My kids are upstairs. I, I sat down. I sat down. I had a Bible study with my kids. My wife will tell you, we were crying. It got intense. It got bad, actually. My wife told me to chill. But I love my kids. And I told them. I said, the, the name Cain, we're, we're on the Bible study of Cain, and I said, the name Cain means possession. It means Possession. And I asked my kid, what does it mean to possess things? It means to hold on to stuff. It means to have things, to hold on to those. And I asked him, I said, can you only possess things? Can you? I asked him, I said, why do you think God called them possession? Before he had anything, he got slapped with the name possession. Because we're talking about somebody who was rather greedy from day one. Listen, I got kids. Some of y'all have kids. That greed starts showing up quick. There's nobody more greedy than a two-year-old. You will never see a more fast grip than that of a small child who's got a hold of something. (laughs) I'm telling you, they're lightning fast, and they will not let go of stuff. And I asked my children, do you believe that, that Cain was just greedy with his possessions? Was there something else? That he was greedy with. And we talked about it. And we thought. And they said yes. He was greedy with his emotions. He was greedy with his worship. With his praise. He withheld it. He held on to it. He did a clap or two. But not three or four. You know he pumped his fist a little bit. But not too high. He jumped a little bit. But it was kind of more of a you know. A skip. But he was greedy with the rest. He wasn't going to give that to God. He'd give it to other things, not to God. And it cost him. It cost him. It cost him dearly. And there just comes a point when you got you, you, you to realize, I will not be greedy with my emotions, especially with God who gave them to me. Especially with God who gave them to me. Let's lift our hands and just pray for one second. Oh, 
Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Forgive us of learning how to withhold. Forgive us. I'm almost done. I promise I'm not going to keep you long here this morning. COVID taught us how to be loyal when we're really supposed to be faithful. COVID taught us how to be loyal when we're really supposed to be faithful. During the peak of the COVID pandemic, everyone's loyalties were being tested and questioned. Political parties, ideologies about race, gender, and the environment were constantly demanding loyalties. People were demanding that everyone make a declaration of where their loyalties were. You had to make social media posts. You had to have hashtags. You had to wear the shirt. You had to have the bumper sticker. You had your loyalties were being questioned and tested. And it was being done on both sides. And it was being done by all kinds of people. And I'm just going to be very frank and honest with you. The temperature outside started affecting the temperature inside. And even in the church culture, loyalties became the center of attention. Like, will you be loyal? Will you be loyal in this time and season? Week in and week out, whose side are you on? Was kind of being said explicitly and implicitly. People were getting shoulder tapped. You leaving? Oh, you're staying home. Loyalties were being tested. And people scattered. Unfortunately, some people scattered and never made their way back to any church. That's the real tragedy. Is they got pressured and they left. And then they're leaving. They left the faith. This is, not our, this is not our situation. But the Catholic Church had already made an allotment for how many memberships they were going to lose during the pandemic. And they said that they had projected some far out numbers. Like they were, they were projecting in terms of like decades. Like, okay, how bad will COVID affect us in 10 years? They said by the time it was all said and done... We had to push those numbers way back because what we projected was going to happen in 10 years happened in two. And people scattered. And the same thing happened in our churches. The same thing happened in evangelical, Protestant, Pentecostal, Methodist. I can't tell you how many churches in Alameda I personally know of dwindled. Some even tanked. Loyalties were being tested. Loyalties. The problem with that 
is that we should have been taught to be faithful. We should have been taught to be faithful. In Luke, and then in Matthew, Jesus asks a very poignant question. He says, who then is a faithful servant? Who? Hey, I'm just telling you right now, I have had to step away from a lot of things because I will be faithful. There are friendships, relationships, churches that I walked away from because I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be faithful to God. I'm going to be faithful to my family. And I'm going to be faithful to the faith. But if I'm going to be, if I'm going to be drug on loyalties, I'm running. Because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, we, we are all here together because of Jesus. And so I'm not going to choose you over Jesus. And as odd as it may sound, some churches will try to make you choose between them and Jesus. I'm not choosing. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Listen, I'm going to do what I need to do to make sure that my relationship with God is where it needs to be. I am going to do what I've got to do to make sure that my relationship with my family is where it needs to be. And I am going to make sure that I am going to do what I have got to do to make sure that my relationship with my church is where it needs to be. Praise God. And I'm going to line myself up to the word. And I'm not, I'm not going to make up these rules by myself. I know some of you are getting excited because you're about to make up a set of rules for yourself as to what that means. I'm telling you, you need to go into the word of God. Praise God. And find out what that means praise God but there are all kinds of people that during COVID stayed in toxic relationships amen hallelujah they stayed in toxic friendships uh, they stayed in toxic situations and I'm just going to be frank and honest with you for some people it's too late they've lost too much amen they're going to stay in those situations praise God if they come on preaching right now amen hallelujah i'm telling you right now jesus is not looking for loyal servants he's looking for faithful servants praise god because when it's all said and done there's only a few words we want to hear well done thou good and faithful sir oh hallelujah oh somebody give god some praise hallelujah amen Amen. Hallelujah. We got to be faithful. We have to be faithful. Faithful people didn't get shook. Faithful people didn't waver. Loyal people got shook. Loyal peoples had their paradigms busted wide open. The faithful. The faithful. The faithful kept plowing forward. COVID taught us how to believe that it only rains on the unjust. There was a lot of people thought, you know, we're going to get away with this. Church, we, we're going we're gonna to show up to church and never get sick. And then the opposite happened. And the humble pie and the crow started getting dished out. I don't have time to go through all this. You don't want me to. Most of you know the story about Esther. Not Johnson. Esther in the Bible. Queen Esther. There's a decree. Kill all the Jews. 
But Queen Esther's this pretty little girl. She's able to sneak into the palace. Undetected. She has an uncle, Mordecai, godly man. Man of conviction. Faithful man. And he tells, it's, it's, he tells his niece, he says, we got to talk. We got to talk. They're killing. They're, they're fixing to kill your people. But in Esther 4 and 13, he says, do not think to yourself that because you're in the king's palace, you will escape any more than all the other Jews. He said, don't think. Don't think that you are excluded because you're in the king's house. It's going to rain on you too, girl. But COVID really had his thinking. Really had his thinking. Like it's not going to rain on us. And some people walked away from God because it started raining on their house. A lot of folks left California because it started raining on their house. Back in the day, Tony, Tony, Tony had that song, It Never Rains in Southern California. It started raining. <laughs> Let me just tell you. Let me just, I'm dating myself right here, praise God. Some of y'all didn't appreciate that joke. It started raining in Northern California. And it rained. And people ran. It rained and people ran. I am disappointed with so many California folk that are running. I don't, listen, y'all get mad if you want to. You get mad if you're planning on running. Guess what's going to happen when you get to where you're running to? It's going to start raining. It's going to start raining. Y'all, I didn't get a big amen. Maybe we got, maybe we got some track stars up in the house. <laughs> it's going to rain. It's going to rain in Texas. It did. It froze in Texas, actually. It's cold. It's ice over there. It's going to rain in Texas. It's going to rain in Tennessee. It rains every day in Florida. It rains. It's going to rain no matter where you go. It's going to rain in Milwaukee. It's going to rain in Wyoming and Dakota. It's going to rain in Montana. It's going to rain in Oregon and Washington. It's raining. It don't matter where you go, it's going to rain. It's going to rain. Quit thinking. Quit thinking that we are somehow sheltered. It is, it is humbling and it is helpful. to the, Listen, let me tell you something. The most beautiful thing about Jesus Christ, the Bible says we have not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. In other words, he is saying that we do have a high priest who can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Infirmities means weakness, sickness, sin, all, all these things, temptations, all these things. And the Bible says that Jesus can feel that on us. And he empathizes with us. And he sympathizes us. That's why he can have mercy. Because he actually was a man. He knows what it's like to feel what you're feeling. He feels all that. He, 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 he feels that with you. He feels that with you. But we don't want to be like our master. We don't want to feel anybody else's pain. You know, one of the things that upset me the most about COVID is it actually showed how ugly we are. How ugly we are. I remember people walking around talking about, well, it mostly only kills 60 and 70 year olds. I thought, bro, that, what are you talking about? That's my aunt. That's my grandma, bro. Like, 
Are you, are you crazy? Like, this is acceptable. Like, yeah, it's killing all the 80-year-olds. What is wrong with you? You're twisted. You're greedy. You're self-centered. You don't want to be touched. You're worried about you and yours. And the minute there's a drip on the roof, you cry and run. Because nobody ever told us. The king's palace. You know what Esther did after her uncle told her that? He walked out. He said, I'm just letting you know. We're getting it. You're getting it. Yeah. You know what she did? She started to fast. And she's like, I better get myself together. And you know what she did? She was not able to change the law. She didn't change the law. The law was written. It was decreed. It was going to be two years of COVID. It was going to be It was going to be all that. Nothing was changing. But you know what she did do? She was able to add a law. She was able to add a law. She was able to convince the king, if you're not going to change it, can you just add something to it? Can you put an addendum in there? Can, you, can, you put, can we appendix this? Amen. Hallelujah. He said, what do you want? He said, listen. She was proactive. He said, what do you want? He, she said, let us be proactive. Let us defend ourselves. Give us the right to fight for ourselves. Help us, amen, to become upwardly mobile on our own terms. Help us to take responsibility, amen, for what happens to us. Allow us, amen, hallelujah, to exercise caution, wisdom. Allow us to fight for ourselves. He said, you got it. Praise God. And guess what? When it started raining harder, praise God, the people of God were protected. Amen. I'm preaching to you, praise God. Let's quit asking God for it to stop raining. And let's start asking God to show us where the umbrella is at. Let's start asking. And how about you get some people under your umbrella with you? How about you get some people under the umbrella with you? How about you find you some folks that could use a little shelter from the rain? How about you find you some folks that could use a little covering? Praise God. Stop coming to church by yourself. Get you somebody under your umbrella. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody give God some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel Jesus in this house. Oh, hallelujah. I'm done preaching. I got, I got more to preach, but y'all thinking, man, he should have been done about 20 minutes ago. Done preaching. I'm losing. All right, let's stand. I feel a wonderful spirit right now. I feel a wonderful spirit. The most beautiful change that could ever happen is going to happen right now. And that is a change of mind. A change of mind. That is the most beautiful type of change that could ever happen is a change of mind. Victor Frankl in his, his seminal work, Man in Search of Meaning. He was, a, he was a psychotherapist who went to the Holocaust. He, he went to the, to the, he went through the Holocaust. He got put in all the concentration camps. And I'm telling you, the man lost everything. Family members, dignity, all kinds of stuff. Lost everything. Lost everything. It really rained on his house. 
And he said this in his book. He said, no matter how bad things got, I realized, I realized that they couldn't take away from me my ability to choose to choose how I feel and that my, my behavior was a function of my choices not my circumstances I was still in control of my choices they took my clothes away they took my wife away my children my grandparents they took everything away but the one thing I still had at the bottom of it all was my choices And it got bad, and it got scary, and it got dark. And I had choices down there. He tells a story about a mother who had a, a, a child that was paralyzed from the neck down. And one day she had it. She said, I... I I can't handle the, the husband left her when, when they saw the when he saw the child, the condition that he left her. And Victor Frankel had been helping this woman, but he was teaching her the things he learned in the camps. And this woman said, she told him an amazing story. She said, My husband left me, my child was paralyzed from the neck down. She said, I was gonna kill myself. I was gonna kill myself. She said, but I knew I had to kill my son first. She said, and I went to cut him. And he looked at me and he cried. And he said, Mama, I want to live. And she said, the shame and the guilt that came over me for thinking that he didn't want to live. And when I saw his desire to want to live, it made me change my entire opinion about life. And it made me want to live. You've got to want to live. You've got to want to live. You've got to want to experience life. It's precious. There's so many people, and I know you don't think this about your life, but I'm telling there are millions and billions of people that would give everything to have your place. You have to want to live. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and life more abundantly. Moses looked at the Israelites. He said, choose life. Get your desire to live back. Get your desire to thrive back. Get your desire to experience Jesus full throttle back. Get your desire to get your marriage in order. Get your desire if you've never had it, now's a good time to have it. To not just, to interact with your children. Not just stand around as they run around. Interact. Engage. Live. 
Get your desire to dance in church back. Get your desire to shout back. Get your desire to be on fire back. Get your, come on. Let's lift our hands right now. Hallelujah. As the musicians sing, hallelujah. If you'd like to come up to the front and pray, I'm going to invite you to come up to the front and pray. Hallelujah. Don't leave this sanctuary today without asking God to give you your desire to live back.